Welcome to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast. My name's Rick Samprin. It's a new era on 900 CHML as we return to our roots as storytellers and truth seekers in an exciting all-talk format. Today, we reminisce about the past, look to the future, and we discuss the hot topics of the day like back to school, COVID-19 mandatory vaccines, and the federal election campaign. The Good Morning Hamilton podcast starts now. This is Good Morning Hamilton with Rick Zamperin on 900 CHML. Good morning, Hamilton, and welcome to Good Morning, Hamilton. My name is Rick Zamprin. Yes, this is the all-new 900 CHML. Happy to be here, proud to be here, so grateful to be here with you. Uh, we're going to have a phenomenal time, and, and it's not just me who's going to have a phenomenal time with you. It's a host of friends here at 900 CHML, including the illustrious Paul Tipple. Good morning. <laughs> I have never been called illustrious ever on until the air today. until today so thank you very much it's a thrill to be here it's uh, it's a very good morning we're also going to say good morning to shona thompson also illustrious in her own <laughs> right shona good morning thank you so much you know i've called you two illustrious behind your backs for so long <laughs> <laughs> a little more vowels and consonants i'm assuming we're in uh, that illustrious uh, you know this is a great day uh, you know radio has gone through some ups and downs this is certainly i think a big up for the local radio market because you know, it's a an unprecedented time. People want to hear what's happening in their community. And this is what this show is going to be all about, is telling Hamilton stories to Hamiltonians and get them excited and get them concerned in some instances and get them informed and entertained. Well, we've always been able to inform and entertain. Mm-hmm. But the, the great thing about this is we can now go behind the headlines. In the last number of years, we've been giving what we've called the wheel here lovingly, yeah. uh, which gives all the news that's happening. But we haven't been able to get into into the in-depth until maybe later in the morning. Now we can do it right away with you, Rick. That's awesome. It's going to be great. Shona, uh, how excited are you to not be uh, news wheeling, so to speak? I know we've kind of joked around <laughs> behind the scenes. <laughs> well, I never minded the news wheel. Mm-hmm. Frankly, I always found it kind of an intimidating format because once it starts going, it can't stop. Yes. Let's you say know, pee, nothing. Let's say pee breaks were a little quick. <laughs> <laughs> you got loads of time now. Yeah. Just saunter down the hall now. <laughs> but one of the things I love about this is the band is back together. Mm-hmm. And yeah, this is what it's all about. It's 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 expanding, as you mentioned, Paul, going behind the headlines, talking about things and stories that matter most to Hamiltonians. And uh, yeah, you know, the the news is what drives us. It's the heartbeat of this radio station. But now we get to tell you know those stories more in depth. I think to a bigger audience at key parts of the day. And it's not just this show, but we have a host of other new shows that'll go into later on this morning and how we're going to be able to tell those stories to a wide variety of uh, of people who listen to us. And uh, what a perfect time! I mean, we're starting to get back to normal school. Goes mm-hmm. back for kids in Burlington today, Hamilton tomorrow. It's a perfect time to launch something brand new as we start something new, hopefully in this latest phase of the last phase of the pandemic. Yes, fingers crossed. All right, I'm going to boot you two okay. knuckleheads nice. out of here. But first, we're <laughs> illustrious, now we're knuckleheads. Welcome, Rick, to the morning show. Thank you very much. Mighty have fallen. <laughs> Great to be here. Wake up with the information you need to get the most out of your day. You're listening to Good Morning Hamilton with Rick Zamperin on 900 CHML. Absolutely thrilled to be joined now by the former morning show host, I believe the last morning show host before we went into news wheel mode here on 900 CHML, Mr. Bob Bratina. Bob, good morning. How are you? Great, uh, Rick. Uh, thanks for having me on. Hey, thanks for coming on. So, any advice? Well, I had to get up to answer the phone. Anyway, so. <laughs> well, I'm pleased you did, because otherwise I'd be just talking to myself. Uh, yeah, there you go. Hey, do you have any advice for, for the new morning show man here? 
Yeah, pay attention to uh, the, um, the there's so many events going on in the city right now that uh, it's such a a perfect time to be in in the the talk show mode. And I I, I think the, the news wheel, as you described it, was interesting. Uh, uh, Shona and I were the hosts of the last iteration of CHML programming prior to that, and it was good. Uh, but it really, I think, uh, I'm always eager to hear if the radio stations talking about the current issues, whatever they may be, LRT, politics, this mm-hmm. and that. There, there's so much going on in Hamilton right now, and I think it's uh, it's a great move. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, we we agree, and there's certainly yeah this uh, this city is really moving forward, and it's exciting to see whether it's LRT or new condos going up or new homes being built. Um, what's your first memory of CHML? Oh well, Paul Hanover and uh, the um, his uh, morning show was called High Neighbors, and uh, uh, they did a news contest of they would phone out. And you would have to answer a question that would indicate that you had heard the 8 o'clock news. And we listened faithfully and wrote down, you know, uh, various little uh, items that might come up in a question. And I'll never forget the day my mother, for some reason, we didn't have the radio on. Ring, hello, it's Paul Hanover. Oh, no. (laughs) We we listen every day. (laughs) One day we're not on. You called us. So that would that would easily go to say nineteen fifty around that time. Wow! So that, that's a fairly long time, isn't it? I would say so. Uh, <laughs> do you have a best and or worst interview that you ever did? Oh yeah, uh, all kinds of them. Uh, you know, we're highly regarded and not and some not so well done. But um, one of the interviews I did was uh, I was actually a witness at a trial of the Manson family. Uh, Charles Manson was in jail, but uh, Squeaky Fromm had tried to kill President Ford in a park in San Francisco, Sacramento. So uh, the Time magazine had an article on the leader of the Manson family now that Squeaky Fromm was in jail, and that was a young lady named Sandra Good. Uh, I interviewed her, and the uh, tape was uh, subpoenaed, the air check tape, by the Attorney General of California because they charged her with, uh, with threats and, and so on. Uh, so that particular interview was played back in the courtroom with me sitting in the uh, witness chair uh, in Sacramento. And so that was fairly interesting. <laughs> At any point did you stand up in the courtroom to say, I object? <laughs> no, but it, it's interesting. The, the, you may recall the name Madame Benoit. Mm-hmm. She was doing commercials uh, for uh, for uh, ovens and um, in, in a very thick Quebec accent. And so the judge said to me, I don't understand anything that lady's saying. Could, could we skip that? And I said, sir... The commercials are, are grouped, so as we go through the air check, when you start to hear Benoit or anything else, <laughs> you can have the technician just fast-forward it to where the show comes back on again. Yeah. So it was, it was quite interesting, and I had an FBI guy assigned to me uh, to um, watch over me, as a matter of fact, because when they raided the, the Manson family headquarters, such as it was, some little old house somewhere, 
they found all kinds of weapons, including very hardened steel knives designed, apparently, according to him, if you stab somebody with a kitchen knife, it's liable to bend. So they had these hardened knives to make sure that they, they wouldn't bend. And I got a letter saying, if you go to, you'll never get out of Sacramento. That was That's the state capital of California where the trials are held. If, if you go there, you will never come back. But if you do, we'll find you and take your life. Wow. And I was telling my mother, and she said, oh, my God, suppose they get the wrong house. <laughs> Bob, we got to leave it there. We're, 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 yeah, that's crazy. we got to leave it there. We're plumb out of time. we got to do this again in the not-too-distant future. Uh, enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks a lot. Former Morning Man Bob Bertina here on CHML. Lots more still to come. How about some news and opinion to go with your coffee? This is Good Morning Hamilton with Rick Zamperin on 900 CHML. I come across a lot of great people in this city over the years, and this guy is no exception. He is known as Mr. Hamilton, Ron Foxcroft, and he joins us now on Good Morning Hamilton. Foxy, how are you? I am doing terrific, uh, really terrific. And I'll tell you something, Rick, as the morning host, you have uh, you have a high bar to follow in the mayor of the morning, of course, Paul Hanover yes. and, and Bob Bretina. And uh, I know you had Bob on earlier, but I need to tell you, his last show of uh, the morning show, I was in Istanbul, Turkey, at the World Championships of Basketball, listening to him and Shona on his final show. And I'll never forget, I emailed Bob to congratulate him on a great career because he had to follow the Mayor of the Morning, Paul Hanover. Big shoes, and uh, yeah, I'm trying my best to fill them. It's going to take uh, a few years, I think, to get to that uh, stature. There's no doubt about it. Those two are legendary radio announcers on uh, 900 CHML. What's your first memory of CHML? You've been listening since you were a kid, right? Yes, I've been listening for north of six decades, and and I'll tell you, I love this new format, because when I grew up, I grew up listening to CHML. It was the first thing my parents did. They turned on the radio, and they listened to CHML, where you got news, weather, sports, current issues, and stories, (laughs) great stories. And, and, And legends that were a part of this community, you know, Don Luzzi, I caddied for Mr. Darling, Mr. Tom Darling, who was general manager of CHML for years and years. And he played golf at Burlington Golf and Country Club. I was 12 years old. And in his group, in his foursome, was Norm Marshall, Purse Allen. And, and, you know, Mr. Darling, I know he was a taskmaster, but he was a great tipper, Rick. <laughs> I got paid. I was 12 years old. I got paid $1.90 to, to caddy for Mr. Darling, and he tipped me $1.10. So I got three $1 bills wow. and, and got to meet Norm Marshall, Purse Allen, and, of course, you always listen to Phil Hitchcock and Bob Hooper, Bob Bretina, Paul Hanover, Roy Green, Bill Kelly, Scott Thompson. And, and you know, what captured the young listener at CHML was Bill Stirrup. Bill Stirrup had a show. It was called High School Headlines, mm-hmm. and it was all about high school scores, particularly in football and some basketball, 
and all the young listeners like me that were in school would listen to Bill Stirrup high school headlines to hear our name on the radio. That was a big deal, Rick, to hear your name on the radio. And and uh, so basically, we all listened at a very young age, myself, for six decades, because Bill Stirrup had high school sports, and he would say our name on CHML. That's phenomenal. You mentioned so many legendary figures on this radio station, from Norm Marshall to uh, Bob Routine, of course, Paul Hanover, Purse Allen, Tom Darling, who was you know, the general manager. What was Tom's favorite golf club? Oh, Tom said to me, you know, Tom had a wonderful set of golf clubs, and he turned to me one day. He shot a beautiful five iron, but he turned to me one day and he said, Ronald, and, and you know, he was a taskmaster. When you went in to see Mr. Darling, you better be wearing a shirt and tie. But anyway, <laughs> we were golfing one day. Purse, and, Purse Allen and Norm Marshall were there, and he turned to me and he said, I just bought these new golf clubs. They were $165. Don't you ever tell Purse and Norm how much I paid for these golf clubs. (laughs) And uh, that's where you met Eagle Green. Eagle Green. You know how I met Eagle Green? Roy Green, who still is on CHML doing the national show on the weekends. And about 30 years ago, I was a guest speaker at a junior achievement dinner at a luncheon. And Roy Green was sitting beside me, and I turned to him, and I said, there's something wrong with this. I'm not a public speaker. I'm very nervous. You're a famous journalist on the radio every day. You should be doing this speech and not me. And he turned to me, and he said, go do the speech. By the way, do you play golf? (laughs) And... Uh, I said I do, and and he's been my golf partner. I don't think we've ever lost, Rick. I don't think we don't like to brag. I don't think Roy and I have ever lost, but he's been my golf partners for thirty years. So I got to ask, who is the better golfer? Oh, no question, Roy. He hits a long drive. He plays left-handed. Plays on the wrong side of the ball. <laughs> And and we were at Greystone one day, and he claims he hit his drive 324 yards. So I've got to say, Roy's a, a much better golfer than I am. But, now, you know, my son Ronnie's a good golfer. He came in second yesterday. We had a good day yesterday. My son Dave refereed the Labor Day game. Yeah. And, and my son Ronnie played in the club championship at Burlington and uh, on the final day shot 68 and wow. came in second to Eric Ross. That is phenomenal. That's a great day for the Foxcroft clan. Uh, It was a great day. You know, I've been going. My dad bought us season tickets in Section 24 at Civic Stadium in 1953. So I've been going to Tiger Cat games since 1953. (laughs) I don't ever recall missing too many Labor Day games. And, you know, it was was quite... Uh, emotional for me yesterday because my son Dave of course number 30 was the head referee and um, that was a very difficult game to officiate very chippy Uh, three unnecessary roughness penalties in the first quarter so uh, I thought Dave did a very good job as do all CFL officials he he did a phenomenal job and as you mentioned the Labor Day Classic is usually one of the hardest if not the hardest even harder than the Grey Cup because the Grey Cup's never that chippy 
That's right, and it was chippy. Even at the end of the game, a uh, uh, a player that was not dressed in street clothes came on the field and took a little shot at the Tiger Cats, and I want to applaud Pinball Clemens because he came on the field in a shirt and tie and disciplined this, this player that came off the bench in street clothes to take a shot. at. Uh, but I'll tell you, next Friday in Toronto, there won't be three unnecessary roughing <laughs> penalties in the first quarter, and I think next Friday is going to be a real adventure. So it, it should be, a, as it always is, every Argo Tiger Cat game is an adventure, Rick. No doubt about it. And it, it was exciting to see all the fans at Tim Morton's Field yesterday for the first time in a long time, and nice to see the Tiger Cats pull out another victory. Mr. Hamilton, Ron Foxcroft, thanks for the time today. We will certainly chat with you sometime down the road. Rick, wishing you much good luck in the new format. It will be terrific, and you will be terrific. Thank you, Foxy. Ron Foxcroft, Mr. Hamilton, joining us here on Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML. Uh, you know, a class act, a wonderful man, a successful businessman with his Fox 40 whistle, fluke transport, uh, one of the best philanthropists in this city, has done so much for Hamilton and pleased to be joined uh, with him on this uh, debut show. Serving up a healthy dose of news, traffic, and engaging opinion. This is Good Morning Hamilton with Rick Zamperin on 900 CHML. It is back to school today for hundreds of students in Niagara region, in Halton region. Of course, we know here in Hamilton, public and Catholic schools, uh, those students will be returning to class tomorrow. So what should we expect? I kind of exhale because I'm, I'm a little anxious myself. I have a son that's going into grade 12, and he's going to be in class for the first time since last October. We pulled him out last October because we thought, yeah, I don't know, things aren't looking good. We don't want him to get infected, bring it home, and then we're all in the same boat, potentially. Dr. Jeff Pernica is the head of the Division of Infectious Disease, McMaster Children's Hospital, an associate professor at McMaster University, and joins us now on Good Morning Hamilton. Good morning to Dr. Jeff Pernica. How are you? I'm morning, and you? I'm uh, not too bad. I'm morning. <laughs> <laughs> that tells you that tells you how actually I'm doing this morning. I'm well. Thank you so much. It sounds like you need a, a couple more sugar cubes in your coffee. <laughs> <laughs> so, from a public health perspective and a uh, Ministry of Education perspective, are we ready for students back in class? So I think it's really important that we all remember, okay, that uh, what is best for our children, okay, so what is the, the healthiest and safest choice is not just about them not getting COVID. Obviously, nobody wants anybody to get COVID, but there are so many health and wellness benefits about going to school that I think it is really great that that on children in Ontario are finally getting back to school. It's not just the academics, although obviously the academics are extremely important. It's it's everything. It's, you know, um, social and emotional development. It's physical health from getting to school and being at school. It's the mental health part of it. It's really everything. And so I think going back to school is a safer choice. And that really, all, all the things you were just referenced, that really is almost a behind-the-scenes kind of thing because the virus is front and center. But the ripple effect of what the virus has created in keeping kids out of class has created a, a mountain of issues for students. That's absolutely correct. And so if you talk to my colleagues in adolescent medicine and mental health, 
they will tell you that the explosion of eating disorders, mood disorders, uh, anxiety uh, that has that has sort of reared its ugly head during the COVID-19 pandemic is, is really like nothing they've ever seen before. Um, and so this is sort of the first step on, on the road back to a more sort of normal existence for Ontario's young people. Because kids haven't been back in class in a long time, it was Christmas break, basically, they, they did not return from that. Do you, do you sense that there's going to be an adjustment period? Oh, I'm sure there's going to be an adjustment period. There's an adjustment period. There was an adjustment period for you and me when, you know, it was just the two months of summer that we sort of had to get over as we sort of trudged back to school at the beginning of September. Um, I, I, think, I think for kids going back to class now, it is going to be worse. It's going to be worse not only because I think everyone's behind in terms of um, academics, you know, and, and, and things that, that typically happen within school. But COVID-19, as you have already mentioned, right, is still front and center. Delta is still here, you know, and we still have to do all of these things to try and minimize the likelihood that people within the school system and outside of the school system get sick. Our guest here on Good Morning Hamilton is Dr. Jeff Pernica, head of, in, of Division of the Infectious Disease at McMaster Children's Hospital and associate professor at McMaster University. From an infectious disease standpoint, there's more or better air filtration, or at least we're told there's going to be better air filtration in schools. We know that masking is still going to be a thing. We know that physical distancing, for the most part, is going to be adhered to. For those students and those parents who are anxious, worried, uh, do you have any um, uh, you know words for them to uh, you know help them through this back to school process? The thing that I do highlight a lot is that even though obviously COVID nineteen is a big problem, the actual risk of COVID nineteen to an individual teenager or an individual school aged child is very low, right? Um, and so the vast majority of children who get COVID-19 develop uh, mild, if any, symptoms at all. So that, I, I, I think, is, is a really important message to keep putting through to, to uh, children and families. The other thing that I would like to say is that um, we really owe it to our children to try and make sure that, that vaccination rates are as high as possible, um, because this is, this is playing a major role in diminishing circulating transmission of the virus in the community. I mean, I think one of the reasons why parts of the United States are having such trouble is because vaccination rates there are not as high as in Canada and are very patchy, right? So it is all of our responsibility to try to make sure that our families and our friends are vaccinated. Some areas in the region have very high vaccination rates. Others are not so great. You know, and you contrast you know, downtown Hamilton to Ancaster, for example. There's, there's differential vaccination. So I think we all should be getting vaccinated. I, I think it would be great for public health to continue its outreach work to try and, and get everybody vaccinated that, that can be vaccinated. We only have a minute left with Dr. Pernica. I have to ask you that we know that clinical trials for a vaccine for children 12 and under are currently underway. Are we seeing some light at the end of the tunnel there? So I haven't seen the data on those trials just yet. I think everybody is excited to see what they're going to show, as, as, as you suggest. Those results 
uh, are going to be um, available later this fall. And so I think you, we will see major advisory bodies in Canada and the United States making decisions uh, near the end of the year. Uh, last question for you. Best way for kids to say, stay safe in school? I, I think basically what they should be doing is the same thing that we've been doing for this past little while. So close attention to, uh, to hand hygiene. Staying home if they are ill, going home if they become ill in school, um, and uh, really keeping their masks on when they're in environments where uh, physical distancing is, is not possible and or if virus rates rise. Dr. Pernica, really appreciate the time today and uh, enjoy the rest of your day. My pleasure. You too. That is Dr. Jeff Pernica, head of the Division of Infectious Disease, McMaster Children's Hospital, and an associate professor at McMaster University. By the way, we're going to have Public Board uh, of Education Chair Don Danko on the program tomorrow to talk about back to school and what students here in Hamilton can expect as they step back into the classroom for the first time since December. This is Good Morning Hamilton with Riggs Amperin on 900 CHML. Federal NDP leader Jagmeet Singh was in Hamilton yesterday talking about, well, getting people back to work, uh, talking about paid sick leave, his pharmacare plan, dental care, child care, a lot of promises and a lot of money to go along with those coming from the federal NDP leader. And he joins us now on Good Morning Hamilton. Mr. Singh, how are you? Doing well. In Hamilton on Monday uh, regarding an announcement for workers. Uh, tell us about it. Well, uh, we wanted to really highlight uh, how in this pandemic we saw a lot of problems that workers were faced with. One of the big problems was a lot of people had to go into work sick, and we we want that to never be a problem ever again. So throughout the pandemic for the past 18 months, over 22 times I've been asking Mr. Trudeau, let's make sure we've got a paid sick leave that works. 22 times he said no. In the middle of the campaign, he announced that he would do the thing that we asked him to do over the past 18 months or 22 plus times. And so we're saying that's the height of cynical politics. Like, why would you announce something in the middle of the campaign that could have been done 18 months ago and would have saved lives? So that's a big one, making sure we got paid sick leave. Second thing is we really wanted to double down on how important it is to have childcare that's affordable for everyone. Women were hard hit in this pandemic. We need to make sure women can get back to work and, and have the support to do that. Regarding paid sick leave, how many extra days or new days are we talking about? Well, we want to regulate uh, 10 paid sick leave days at the uh, federal level for federally regulated workers and then work with provinces to achieve that in provinces and territories so that everyone in our country has at least 10 paid sick days. And regarding childcare, I know the uh, Trudeau Liberals have promised and, and have created some deals with some provinces regarding $10 a day childcare. Is that good enough? Will the NDP double down on that or create something new? Well, the big thing with the Liberals is that they've been promising this for 30 years. So 30 years later, it looks like there's been some movement. That's not really much to brag about. We, we've seen that the Liberals have often campaigned on things and then they, they don't deliver on it. So the big difference between us and the Liberals is we want to get it done. We're not just looking to campaign on it. We want to actually see it happen. And one quick example that shows and highlights how they campaign on things and then just don't do it, Pharmacare. They campaigned on it just two years ago. It was a highlight of their campaign. They made it a really important part of the campaign. They included it into the throne speech. And now in their much-touted costed budget, there's not a single dollar in it for Pharmacare. 
so two years later, that promise, which was such a big promise they made, is completely abandoned. And that's really what you get with liberals. They'll campaign on things and then not deliver it. We're chatting with federal NDP leader Jagmeet Singh here on Good Morning Hamilton. My name's Rick Samprin. Uh, you mentioned pharmacare. We, we just got done talking about child care. You have a dental care plan in your platform. Can we afford all this? We can't afford not to do it, frankly. We've seen what happens when people go into work sick. It's part of the reason why, in some cases, uh, the pandemic continued, because people couldn't stay at home. So we can't afford not to. And we're the only party with a credible plan to pay for these commitments that won't put the burden back on people by increasing their taxes and that won't require cutting other help to people. We've said, why doesn't Amazon that makes record profits pay any taxes in Canada? They pay virtually nothing. They should be paying their fair share. Why is it that billionaires have loopholes and tax havens, which mean they hide the profits? We want to put an end to that. These measures will raise billions of dollars of revenue that will help us pay for these these really important commitments. So when we're talking about paid sick leave, uh, a boost in child care, dental care, pharmacare, what is the price tag? Well, each one has a specific cost. So if you look at pharmacare, it's, uh, it's a $10 billion commitment that we're making. And it will save provinces and territories as much as $4.2 billion per year. So this is uh, an investment that's going to make life easier for everyone. It's going to save families lots of money. For the average family, it could mean as much as $500 per year of savings. But for many families, it would be thousands of dollars that they wouldn't have to worry about. People who have a plan, it would save them their co-payments and their additional costs that they have to pay even though they have coverage. And for people who have no plan, it would save them entirely. So this is a way to make life better for people, make our healthcare system work better and save people a lot of money. This is not your first federal election campaign. It is your first during a global pandemic. Uh, what's it like out there on the campaign trail? You know, it's, it is different. I, I still really am honored to be able to meet people, hear their stories and share their stories with folks. But we're not able to have the big rallies that, that I really enjoy in terms of people's energy and people's excitement. So those things have changed. But we're still we're doing our best uh, to connect and we're still finding great ways to hear from people, share their stories and, and talk about the things that we can do to make life better. Uh, Mr. Singh, the, the latest Ipsos poll done exclusively for Global News shows that you're the most likable in terms of who would make the best prime minister. How does that make you feel and does that mean anything? It's incredibly, it's a huge honor. I just, uh, you know, if I can be really um, light for a moment when I was a kid, I never imagined that someone who would look like me would be running for prime minister. And now the fact that people have a lot of trust and faith in me is is a huge honor. Uh, the kid in me doesn't really believe it. And I'm hoping that a lot of other kids out there that maybe don't feel like they belong for whatever reason, maybe the way they look or where they come from or the language they their parents speak or their sexuality or their gender, they just don't feel like they belong, will see, will see this as uh, a sign that maybe they can get involved and they can become leaders and they can pursue their dreams. So I'm really honored by it. Uh, I, I'm thankful for it and I want to make sure we deliver on the things that people need. Use this, use this momentum and use the fact that people have a lot of faith in us to actually get things done for people. The kid in you may not believe that you're here, but does the kid in you believe you have a shot at winning? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm in this because I'm fighting for people. I want to fight to, to bring in pharmacare that's, that's affordable so that people don't have to worry about the cost of medication. I want to tackle the housing crisis because I remember what it was like when, when we couldn't find a place to call home and how scary that is. I want to I tackle the climate crisis and create good jobs. So 
I want to do all these things and, and I know we can do it. We just got to get people out to vote. And if they want something different, they got to vote differently. Mr. Singh, this is not your first visit to Hamilton. Why is this stomping ground so important to you? Hamilton's a working town. It, it makes a lot of sense uh, for people that, that have been workers to make the announcement around paid sick leave for workers here. It's a town that, that understands the, the struggle of, of working people and understands that the better we take care of each other, the better we are all off. Uh, if I can move on to just two other quick things, uh, non-election related, although they do have some ties to uh, what's being talked about on the campaign. Uh, number one, we're now past the 1,000-day mark for the two Michaels in China. How do we get them out? This is a, this is a really, really difficult situation. I, I just can't imagine what it's been like for both Mr. Spavor and Mr. Kovrig and what it's like for their families and how tough how tough this all is. Uh, it is it is horrible that uh, Canadians right now have been in prison for over a thousand days, and we're just going to continue to apply uh, to continue to call for all all pressure that we can put on China to get these Canadians back home. We're going to continue to call for working with international allies because it's something we can only do if we work multilaterally. But we just got to get them back. Would an extradition for Ms. Meng to the states complicate things? Uh, it could, it could. I, I know that we've got to, we've got to uphold the rule of law. That's that's really important. We've got to make sure that we're we're not um, we're not caving into the the inappropriate actions of of China. But we also have to keep in mind let's let's keep all options open so that we can we can get uh, these Canadians back back home. You're listening to Good Morning Hamilton. Rick Samprin on the line with federal NDP leader Jagmeet Singh. Afghanistan, there's been a lot of talk of what should Canada have done. What should Canada do now? Well, uh, just on, on, on Afghanistan, I think it's, it's impossible to talk about it without recalling those really horrible images of people clinging to planes in desperation, of women that have been leaders and role models that are being targeted, women and girls who are trying to pursue education, being targeted by the Taliban and, and how scary that is. I think Canada uh, and particularly the Liberal government did fail, sadly, when it came to hearing the hearing the concerns raised by by our veterans who said that the process for getting out translators and our allies on the ground was, was not the right process. It did not work and it was not sufficient and it needed to change. And that was not, those calls were not heeded. Now I think we've just got to work with uh, the United States and other allies in trying to secure the release of our allies, getting them out of uh, the folks that helped us, that, that put their lives at risk to support our forces. We need to get them out and we need to be open to welcoming refugees that are fleeing this humanitarian crisis. I know you're pressed for time, so one last question for you. Vaccine mandates, vaccine passports, where does the federal NDP party stand on those two issues? Well, we've said that the federally uh, regulated workers or that are within the federal purview should should be required to get vaccine, vaccinated. And the vaccine passport just makes a lot of sense. It's a, it's a document that can help vaccinated people prove that they're, va- they're vaccinated. We recently traveled to, to Nova Scotia, Newfoundland, and I was trying to pull up my old emails of when proof of my vaccination, they were in a different email and it took a long time and we had to track them down. It would be a lot easier for people traveling from a province where they don't have a proof of vaccination document to go to another province, just international uh, travel aside, just traveling within Canada, like just to be able to go from province to province in Quebec, there's going to be a requirement for people to go into restaurants and, and shows to have a, a proof of vaccination it just makes a lot of sense.
Mr. Singh, thanks again for coming to Hamilton. Really appreciate the time today. Uh, Good luck in the debates later on this week, and uh, good luck on the election campaign trail. Thanks so much. It's a pleasure, Chatty. Take care. Wake up with the information you need to get the most out of your day. You're listening to Good Morning Hamilton with Rick Zamperin on 900 CHML. The Good Morning Hamilton podcast is available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and wherever you get your favorite podcast. I'm Rick Zamperin. Thanks again for listening. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. It's free, so you never miss an episode. And make sure you rate and review.